blessings, family. You are now tuned in to the Grown Table Podcast and Octavian Collective Production. This is a show where my co-host Jerome and I, Darnell, sit down and try to digest some current events and hot-button topics in our culture and society. We hope that you enjoy your taste of what we'll be serving. Hope you brought your appetite. Welcome to our table. All right, so we're back on to John Jones for a little bit this week to open up the podcast. Um, I know you don't follow MMA as much as I do, but there's been some interesting things that have been said since we last talked about this. So um, one of his coaches actually kicked him out of the gym. Um, I think his name is Mike uh, Winklejohn or something like that. He's like, dude, you, you're like a little brother to me. You're wild and I don't know what's going on with you. You're out of my gym until further notice, until you can get yourself together, um, which a lot of people are like, that's the smart thing to do, but no one else is going to do that because of the financial incentive you get from having John Jones chain at your gym. Um, we can talk about that, but um, also it's pretty much official that like he's pretty... It, He's still not guilty yet, but the like we were talking about a little earlier, the police report said that the the kids were the ones that called the co- uh, cops that ran to the security guards downstairs in the hotel when he was on like the gambling floor. His wife had like a bloody shirt and a bloody face. Mm. Um, I just want your opinion on all this. I reflected on some of the things that we were saying um in the previous episode, and that's the benefit of us going every other week with this show Mm -hmm. is that we have enough time to get more details and learn a little bit more about the case before we open up our mouths and talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Adulting 101. Yeah. But, um, I reflected on the fact that we were, we, we were talking about his accomplishments and all that other stuff. And Mm -hmm. we were, and we turned around and buried R. Kelly. Um, well I did. Talking, talking about how his music was related, um, indicators in his crimes mm-hmm. were indicated in the music, and we did not keep that same energy with John Jones, who is a professional fighter who was beating his fiance, the mother of his children. Yeah, we have to keep that same energy. In a quarter lock, and, and the way that America works, well, that's what it, the in, way that they a, tell us it's supposed to work. You're innocent until, until proven, proven guilty. guilty. Yeah. <laughs> These details are a little bit. Um, he should be finished. Yeah. He should. He 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 should be finished. The problem is he makes so many people money though. That's why some of his trainers don't even kick him out. Only one of his trainers has kicked him out of the gym so far because he, like, has different trainers. Dana White is yet to kick him out of the UFC, even though Luis Pena, another low-tier MMA – not another low-tier, but a low-tier MMA fighter just got charged for domestic abuse and got kicked out of the UFC immediately. And Dana White released him the day after the allegations came out. John Jones has yet to be kicked out of the UFC. You get what I'm saying? Ideally, I get what you're saying, but he, the amount of money he can make for this organization, I don't see him getting anything bigger than a slap on the wrist, as sad as it is to say, man. But I agree, innocent until proven guilty, but it's like, come on, guys. Like, you know, come on. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yep. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> so there's there's a uh, a Bible verse. Yes, I'm going to be referring to Bible verses from time to time. <laughs> in in the book of Matthew six twenty one, uh, the verse says, "For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Mm-hmm. That means put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. If Dana White believes that crimes be damned, I'm going to milk this cash cow until the teat runs dry. It lets you know where his value is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Judge, you judge a man not by his words, but by his actions. And part of that action is where he puts his money and what he gives money to, what he purchases. Yeah. Some things can be counted up as mistakes. Mm-hmm. Some things are deliberate. And then some things are even subconscious where where you do things without even without even a second thought because it is it's it's almost attached to your nature. Yeah. You got to people need to understand that this John Jones character is a repeat offender. Oh, it's I can't believe I forgot like literally one of the most important things that got. He released this on Twitter and I think he took it down not too long afterwards. Um He's obviously trying to play the victim, as is like most narcissists do, uh, because he's, li- and I promise you, you can fact check me on this. I know you're not like an MMA guy. He literally said um, afterwards, he posted on Twitter saying like, oh, like I was molested as a kid and I had a parent die early. Like I've, I've, I'm going through things. I have demons I have to handle, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, this is a weird awkward time to drop that information on all of us like what i i hope that not be true i hope like i mean i think it is i'm assuming it is it's not something that you would like lie about i guess Mm -hmm. but so that's unfortunate that happened and hopefully he gets help and he needs help obviously but i just think this is a weird time to drop that news on us like as you're about to it's like the well what's the um political figure that like uh Oh, I you would know the guy that got like caught in a hotel with like a whole bunch of gay dudes. Oh, <laughs> Andrew Gillum. He was the Democratic nominee for the governor of Florida. It, 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 it seems like a very nice deflection. It, it's like I know that's like a bad analogy. It's like, OK, I'm about to get in trouble. So, hey, guys, like I was molested when I was a kid. And it's like, well, I don't know what to do with that. But but either way, he says he's going to quit alcohol very – he's like, I'm going to quit alcohol now. We've heard that before. One, we've heard that before. But two, it's like – From him specifically. From him specifically. (laughs) On alcohol and drugs. And he's fine in God. But it's like, well, if you didn't hit your girl – His father's a preacher. That that I did not know. God was supposed to be around him a lot. That I did not know. Is his father really a preacher? Yes, dude. Wow, okay. I – that's an MMA fact. You knew that I didn't. And by the way, he has a a brother who is a beast NFL yeah, player for absolutely. the for the Arizona Cardinals. Absolutely. Oh, he, come on, same household. Like, yeah, it's just it's just weird. Um, before we move on to the R. Kelly, uh, who will ruin their career the quickest, him or Conor McGregor? After the news that was released earlier today. <laughs> what was news that was released earlier today? The um, Conor McGregor <laughs> allegedly uh, punched a DJ in the in nose and broke his nose at a baptism. That sounds like something 
a comedy central would like write in one of their shows but that's actually what the news report said or the journalist report said um yeah you know i think john jones is definitely winning right now obviously beating up the mother of your children is a little worse than breaking a dj's nose you got anything else to say about the john jones thing i mean with the patch up a couple of holes from the other week <laughs> is he done now no he's not he abs- it's as sad. long as as long as 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 Dana keeps holding on to him, and if Dana doesn't hold on to him, Bellator will pick him up. Someone will really? pick him up. Someone will pick him up. He's the greatest light heavyweight fighter in the history of the sport. So what does that say about the sport? It's <laughs> what does that say about the sport? Yeah. What does that say I about agree. the state of the sport? If this person, who is the absolute worst, he would not survive in the NFL. He would be finished. He yeah. is done in the NFL. Look how they look what happened to Ray Rice. I think he would have already been done now after everything. He's oh, been exactly yeah, my point. Yeah, so what yeah. does that say about the? This is fight sports. This is yeah. a PR disaster. It's supposed to be a PR disaster. It is, yeah. But see, like like we were speaking about earlier, with MMA not having the prominence in media that it sh- that yeah. that it yeah. at this point should because it's the fastest yeah. growing sport yeah. in America. A lot of people don't even know who John Jones is. Exactly. An average Karen on the street would not know who John Jones is. Exactly. And but if he was in the NFL, oh my God. Oh Lord. (laughs) There might be legislation on the floor of the of Congress. Yeah. Being passed uh, um against the sport. Yeah. If it for allowing repeat offenders like this. Yeah. Into the sport. Yeah. So that's 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 an awful position. Uh. Um. For an industry to be in or a business to be in. And again, like I said, where your treasure is is where your heart is also. It it, it makes it hard. I know John Jones was in a dispute uh, with the UFC and Dana White about getting a big payday versus him and Francis Ngannou and all that. It I never used to understand this when, like, my parents would, like, like tell me this. It makes it hard to do favors for you or to give you something if you consistently keep getting in trouble like this. You know what I'm saying? So John Jones will never, ever get that payday again or that big payday he wants, but I don't think he's completely done. You're right. It is. It, this is a bad look, and he'll never be the same. His legacy is destroyed, but, yeah, he'll survive. Speaking of someone being done, but the story <laughs> not being anywhere close to – Finished. <laughs> I like the transition. R. Kelly. Yeah, I didn't believe it when you said that. He was actually selling more and trending more after what happened. You're going to have to explain that because I'm still a little shaky on how this is possible. Like, what in the human psyche is allowing this to be possible? All right. So, this was in a hiphopdx.com article mm-hmm. uh on october 9th uh by brandon caldwell and links will be provided in the show notes hey check them out all right so it said that according to rolling stone album sales for kelly's catalog this is after he was found guilty mm-hmm. on september 27th his catalog his album sales for his catalog jumped 517%. Oh, my 
517% as of October 9th. Quintupled. Ridiculous. Crazy. Which, again, falls back on what we were speaking about on the previous episode about the culture, about the community responding to, look at the response to these types of, uh, of crimes and allegations. Yeah. Why? Why is it that the, his music was left up on streaming platforms? Because money could be made off of it. Yes. Now that answers it from uh, now. I think we're answering it from the capitalist, like white man at the top answer is, you know, they don't care about any of this. They only care about the, the dollar that goes into their pocket. What I'm asking is from a psychological standpoint, what would make someone want? Do you think people want to like the average listener? Do you think they want to go back and examine the music to see, oh, I should have caught this all along? Kind of like the serial killer documentaries, Aaron Hernandez type. You, do you get what I'm trying to ask? If yeah, I sense? get what you're saying. I believe that if that were the case, we would have seen it on social media. That people would have been, there would have been a massive wave of people calling out those lyrics on social media. Because okay. he didn't, yeah. he, because he wasn't trending on social media for yeah. that reasoning. Mm-hmm. Nah. I believe, I believe there are just people who went back and listened to the music. Yeah. His name was in the headlines and people just went back and listened to the music. Wait, so so this is actually sad. So are you saying that And people, I could be wrong, but people yeah. are so like narrow-minded that like and this might be marketing this might actually be how marketing works. People are so narrow-minded that they're going to pull up and play whatever is the last thing that was on their mind. So it's like, "Oh, well, R. Kelly's in the news." Oh, okay. Well, I want to listen to some music right now. Let's just listen to R. Kelly. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know what to say about this. But hey, how should this be handled? You're saying that his music should have been pulled off of platforms. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But it. It would make sense for it yeah. to be pulled down. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be angry at it. I mean, YouTube <laughs> terminated his his channels, you know, following yeah. his conviction, which, again, makes sense. I, I And I think we should make a clear distinction between these last two people that we've... These are people that have time and time and time again um, had problems with the law around stuff like this obviously two separate one's a professional MMA fighter one's a you know a music producer or a, a singer um I would imagine this would be a different conversation if this was how you say like a first time offender like I don't think anyone would call and say take his music down or like why is it being handled like this but the fact that we've known this has been an ongoing joke somewhat in the black community for a decade, like who R. Kelly is, the Boondocks has made fun of it, probably other shows have made fun of it. All right, I don't I let let, let me step in a little yeah, bit on that. And they didn't make fun of it. Yeah. They it was more of a commentary on the community, the culture. Oh yeah, the black community. Yeah. yeah. How there were people that still love them. Oh my god. And what are we seeing right now? It yeah. it is it is sickening. How many times the Boondocks has painted a accurate, um, an accurate? Yeah, I was gonna say morbid, but 
<laughs> accurate is actually right. <laughs> These are predictions from a long time ago. Yeah. This is where I think the conversation needs to go now moving forward because the courts are handling the whole R. Kelly situation. Yeah. Where are we in terms of our culture? Absolutely. In terms of the community? Like, there's a certain level of sick toxicity that exists. Yeah. I, I mean, I think later when we talk about entertainment and especially, you know, Britney Spears, I think of her when I think of this concept is, uh, you know, I, I don't think the media and individuals are as morally as accurate. Like, how can I say this? I think there's a ride. I think we all took R. Kelly for a ride. We all took Britney for a ride. And this, what's going on right now with R. Kelly, is part of the ride. It's the end of the ride, uh, fortunately. And I think what's more important to the black community, and everyone, but the black community as we're talking about it, is... I would say be easy on the black community for supporting R. Kelly for this long because it's essentially just something that happens with celebrities. The atmosphere of celebrity relationships with the cultures that support them is the celebrities have ups and downs, ups and downs, and ups and downs. And yeah, we'll sit here and talk morally about it. You know, the media will for like sales and clicks. But I think we should be easy on the black culture for supporting them because I think we're just along with the ride. I think it was a circus, and I think we were just watching it, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. But now what does that say about us, how we move forward? I mean, I know you said, you know, that we have mm-hmm. we have to acknowledge that that, that aspect. Yeah, I think it says a lot about how we should move forward. You know, we're still in a time where this is, you know, still new to us in a sense. Like, I don't know if we've ever seen another R. Kelly. Um, I think how we move forward with the same thing with like Britney Spears is like we acknowledge that if we don't put a stop to certain things, it will just continue. Like, we as a culture, we as people have to proactively have boundaries for celebrities because it seems like we don't have boundaries for celebrities in, you know, (laughs) in 2021 or 2000s and later than 2000s. It's, but, you know, we'll continue. I don't want to get too deep into that, but we'll continue talking. But, yeah, how we move forward is we start shutting this down. We we shut it down. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, we have we have to. When we know that there are certain things that are going on with people within our, w- within entertainment, within money, within power, mm-hmm. there has to be accountability. Yeah. First thing you have to shut off the 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 that 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 money source. The money has to stop flowing. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, the that money is made from our eyeballs and our ears. Yes, it is. Our attention is what pays these people. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know, there 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 are so many businesses that have come out of trying to buy people's attention. You know, and we give too much attention to to people who are not trying to help us as a society progress. 
Yeah. Yeah. We've given entirely too much attention and too much money and stuff to the people who we should should that that should be behind bars. You yeah, know, people I that agree. that that should should be an afterthought in society. I agree. You know, that sounds terrible and and things like that, but there has to be accountability for for these things and yeah, it it we as a culture need to have a not not a serious conversation. We need to have action. Yeah. There's an I, I think every time that situations like this come up where we see the just tragic downfall of, of these people that we've put on pedestals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we've we've done them a disservice by giving them our attention and our money. Yeah. R. Kelly could have stopped that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. We could have put a stop to that a long time ago. This this stuff. Imagine if he wasn't making money over the last over the last fifteen years. Yeah. There's a popular theory that once he was unable to pay people off mm-hmm. to keep this thing secret. Oh, that's when it started leaking. Right. Yeah, I believe. So that. so imagine if we would have cut off our attention and our funds yep. to his career. Yep. Fifteen years ago. A decade ago, I believe he would have been in behind. He would have been behind bars a lot sooner. Yeah, and all those court fees too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe. If it. celebrities, um, <laughs> actresses, and other people who 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 knew about um, some of the dirty mess that goes on in Hollywood, i.e., the Weinstein situation, the 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 Bill Cosby situation. If, if if there would have been that expose a long time ago, those crimes would have stopped with at least with that individual. I can't speak across the board in terms of, of, yeah, of how that of industry course. works. Of course. But come on. We as people are not taking our time and our energy and in, 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 in mustering up the courage to call that mess out. To put a stop to it. We are forfeiting the, the power that we have at as people at the as the masses at the lower rung of the ladder. Oh yeah, we've done that for a while. <laughs> we've handed the world to these to to these people on a silver platter. We really have, and it, and it's in until we're willing to stop it, we're we're gonna continue to see this, and 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 I and I and I, and I hate to feel that way. You know, I hate to 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 feel that way because some people would look at that as victim blaming. You know, but there's also the bystander effect as well in in play. Like I said, with us yeah. providing our our eyeballs and ears to to their careers more specifically. Yeah, when the indicators are there. But um, I hope to not continue to speak on this on these these two <laughs> situations specifically <laughs> because they aren't contributing to society in the way that we hope. Yeah. As people of prominence of people who of of wealth. We've given too much attention to people who 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 have shown that they aren't trying to progress our culture. Yeah. They aren't trying to progress um our society. They aren't trying to pro- progress us as uh, um, a human species. And people like that I I lose sympathy and empathy for them. 
certain point. So first up on the main course, um, Dave Chappelle's most recent and final, for a while at least, special. The closer. The closer. I loved it. You loved it. I loved it. The only knock I have on it, obviously the LGBT community has uh, more negative stuff to say about it, but the only knock I have on it was personally you made an entire stand-up special about one particular topic. Now, he was very witty and clever in his delivery, and he was masterful in the way he used that time, but I just wish it would have been like, you know, more areas you know it was very one-dimensional but uh it was something that he was very passionate about that he cared about a lot so i don't blame him but uh i overall i thought it was an amazing special hilarious okay fair enough now i in terms of like and dislike Mm -hmm. i think in it, it all depends on what context am i looking at it in yeah so am i looking at it as a comedy special Am I looking at it from that lens or am I looking at it from a public speaking yeah. aspect? Yeah. Of which I be believe both. it, it could, could be, both. be both. However, I will mm-hmm. argue that if you went to this special looking for jokes, you will be highly disappointed because all the, all, all of the jokes that he put out there were just low hanging fruit. <laughs> Please don't abort the baby. Come on. And he said it multiple times through it. He said, oh, if you think that's bad. <laughs> it gets a lot worse. So he knows he knew exactly what he was doing. And that's where I believe I'm going to credit Andrew Schultz on this. Yeah. His analysis is that he is not a stand up comedian in the way that we understand stand up comedy anymore. He is more of a orator, yeah. more of a public speaker. And I think moving forward, that should be what we're judging Dave Chappelle on in modern times. His post. Um, trip to Africa. Yeah, his post hiatus. You know that that entire break that he took. We have to look at him now as a more adult. Yeah, Dave Chappelle. Well, it's not all about the jokes. It's now. Yeah. It's now about because he's made money. Mm-hmm. He's had time to view the world, come back, live live in um where he lives and and not in L.A., not in New York, not in Atlanta. No, he's. Ohio, but I believe somewhere so. in Ohio, yeah, I think yeah, somewhere in the Middle East, chilling. Yeah, and he's had a chance to take in the world around him, mm-hmm. take in society, and he came back out with a lot of things on his chest <laughs> to say. You know, he's been receiving some criticism since his since he started his Netflix deal. Yeah, about him not being that funny, but they're saying, oh. But it, but the credit would be given to him as how witty he is, how masterful he is with mm-hmm. communicating. Mm-hmm. I, that's the lens that I think we should be looking at Dave Chappelle in in modern times, not necessarily as a stand up comedian that you go to to hear a bunch of yuck yucks, but more so for you to to watch someone build a story, build a. Uh, um, an argument 
and um, and and how he masterfully dissects certain things, how he simplifies certain things, how he over explains other things in order to get to the point that he's trying to get to, because that does get him in trouble with the LGBTQ community, and we'll talk about that in in a little bit, uh, because it because of its relation to this specific uh, special specifically. I get what you're saying. Everything you just said makes sense. I tend to disagree because here's the thing. If I can make a sports analogy, what you're saying is pretty much you're saying, you ever know sports fans that there's a person that's an amazing on top of their division and they go out there and they win and they win and you might get angry at that person because their wins are starting to look less impressive, but it's like no, they still they're still getting the job Lord done. Lord Mayweather, they're, yeah, they're they're still getting the job done objectively. They're still beating the person and winning. It's just that you're comparing Floyd Mayweather to the old Floyd Mayweather from a, his last fight, so you don't ask excellence to. I mean, you shouldn't ask excellence or greatness to keep outdoing themselves. Why don't you just hold them to a standard, and as long as they keep. Uh, you know, excelling over that standard, then let them be, if that makes sense. So right, I get what but, you're saying, but, but I've gotten out of the habit of thinking like that. But I get what you're saying. Well, I'm I'm just placing him in a different box because yeah. he's not at he's not as slap leg funny as yeah. he was of course beforehand. Now understand, I, this is coming from someone who hasn't. I don't find Dave Chappelle that funny to begin with. Oh wow, okay. But I do find him masterful in the way. That he tells stories. See, I have yeah. a more I have more of an appreciation of him now yeah. than I did beforehand because there was a lot of jokes that were, although they were well thought out. <laughs> they he had he there are some pieces of work that he just put out that has been masterful, hilarious. Yeah. However, in general, how I view Dave Chappelle's stand up mm-hmm. isn't as I'm choking laughing. Oh, okay, yeah. You know what I mean. But when he gets into his ba- his storytelling bag, yeah, and he gets into the way that he tries to, the way he he's a public speaker, yeah. When he when he actually goes at it from a public speech standpoint, that just happens to have a couple of jokes and especially a bunch of terrible ones just to keep people's attention. <laughs> I have to respect it on that level. Yeah, y- you know, I thought. That And it's hard for me to, you know, step into the shoes of the LGBT community or whatever. I think, I don't know the exact reason. Well, actually, I watched an entire video on that person um, who was explaining, you know, all the things she didn't like about his special and, and all that. I just think that the fact that it's a stand-up, and, and I know what you said, but objectively, it is a stand-up comedy special. Is there... I want someone in the LGBT community to... to, to how can I word this? To say this. To say these exact... Incomplete the sentence. In a normal conversation, you will not be allowed to say this, but because it is a stand-up comedy special... Dave Chappelle is allowed to go this much further and say this, if that makes sense. Is there, I I get what the the girl was saying, the trans woman that we watched the video about was saying, but there has to be 
a difference. Like there has to be a little bit of leeway you're allowed because your sole goal and Dave Chappelle isn't like this, but for most stand up comedians, they put money in their pocket and feed themselves by getting laughs out of an audience. It's sort of like a desperation type of arms race thing. Is there nothing offensive or savage that they're allowed to say anymore in order to try and feed their families and, you know, keep their electricity on? I just want your opinion on that. I I don't want to use the whole, oh, society's getting too soft. Are you? Like, it doesn't have to be black or white. It's like, yes, there are innovations we need to make there is changes we need to make we're not in the 1950s or 60s anymore but also yes some savagery is still allowed in stand-up comedy what's your opinion on it um so one of the things that that has been brought up a couple of times in the the show so far and it will continue to be be brought up cost versus benefit yes at what cost are you making those jokes Okay. And how much does it benefit you? Yes. When it that has been a criticism that Chappelle has gotten over the course of his career, based on what he said and based on what um, I've picked up through this uh, controversy. Mm-hmm. How much does it cost to make those jokes, and at whose expense are those jokes being made? And what does it benefit you? What does it benefit them? Mm-hmm. I don't need to break down how far you know. Of course. What, what that means? Course. We're all adults here. We can think of the of, of what I mean when I say all of that. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of understand why the LGBTQ community, more specifically the transgender community, would be more be sensitive to it because they feel they may feel as if there has been a career of Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. quote unquote, punching down. Okay. Now. That being said, mm-hmm. context matters. Oh, always. And my critique mm-hmm. of this entire situation is based on the context. Mm-hmm. So like you said, in the context of a comedy show, there are a bunch of jokes that are going to be flying everywhere, that are going to hit below the belt for many groups. Yeah. And the question is, why do you feel as if you should be excluded from taking those punches as well? Yes. I agree with that. Dave Chappelle brought up multiple times the dichotomous relationship of one community when compared to another community mm-hmm. and what we are willing to allow in terms of jokes yeah, of commentary and so forth of content that we allow on TV screens on the internet, et cetera, mm-hmm. as opposed to what is allowed for another community. Yeah. Kind of reaching back to the appetizers mm-hmm. section of the show. Our community plays a role in that too. We found it to be okay that a lot of content has been made at our expense. <laughs> World star hip hop. <laughs> the shade room. Oh yeah, that too. 
Yeah. We our our culture community has been weaponized for the sake of grabbing attention to make money. And we didn't have a problem with that. We don't have a problem with the rappers who talk who who talk about killing. Mm-hmm. And who are actually related to a lot of these things. There is a, dude, there is a Traplore Ross uh, documentary about the uh, multiple killings. Like, it is insane um, of this, this beef that's been going back and forth in Jacksonville. He document, he, he has a bunch of different documentaries about different gang wars and, and, that's been going on around the United States and, and he did a recent video on Toronto. I haven't watched it, but mm-hmm. m- where music has been used to fuel beefs yeah, between gangs and people have lost their lives. Yeah. But we still listen to it. There are songs that have millions and millions and millions of views. And what, what is that? currency attention is currency the more that we put our eyes on these things the more that people feel propelled to do something yeah to keep to 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 continue what they what they're doing so we have to look we have to look at that one thing that that we have to give credit to the lgbtq community for is that they they don't they don't play that anymore yeah meanwhile our community we we continue to to be okay with that stuff we can we can say bump the money and 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 make our own thing or or only fight to do more progressive things or more more creative things. That's why I'm tired of seeing black trauma I, I was, in movies and TV shows. So that that is one as that's one aspect that we definitely need to talk about is how we are so quick to sit here and say, oh well, y'all don't have a problem with. When when X Y and Z is done at the expense of the black community, well, we don't have a problem with it <laughs> because if we had a problem with it from the from the jump, like we have a problem with blackface, then maybe we can see some progress in 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 terms of the content that is being curated for our community. The um have less jokes made at our expense. Yeah, I never looked at it in that way. Uh, that's an interesting uh, perspective. I would say it's not so much as black people are being okay with it, even though it's part of that. I think it's just, if you look across cultures, I would say different cultures probably handle trauma a different way. And I would say laughing about certain situations is, in my opinion, probably the way that black people culturally handle different types of things. I, I think that's why uh, comedy is, I mean, just like look at any of my favorite like black movie, like Fried, the Friday movies. Like th- I think the, the first one especially is just a classic and the second one too. And it's like things, there isn't one thing in that movie that a black person would get offended by. Like, not one thing. Even though Craig has, like, no job, uh, Mike Epps is, like, running from a crazy woman who's, like, bashing his car and all that. It's these stereotypes that exist in the black community 
and you know it's obviously a little like racist and you know like blah stereotyping in that movie but i think it's a certain fact of black people we know that some of those stereotypes exist in our community and that they're real there's there might be a reason why a stereotype exists but the way we handle some of our problems is to laugh at it and then try to solve the problem to laugh and accept it and then try and solve it and i do agree with you on the lgbt uh, community there are certain notes and things we can take from them on how they handle these situations but I think they were too quick to uh, to rebuttal against Dave Chappelle's. Uh, I, I think it's all about intent and where it's coming from. And I honestly, I don't think that the special, I get what you're saying, but I honestly, from a visceral level, don't think the special was that like raunchy i mean he obviously and i know it wasn't raunchy yeah I, I, I wouldn't say it was raunchy i, I oh, okay like it, it was pretty you can tell that they like i think some of the worst jokes that and i never looked at his low-hanging fruit now that I, now that you said i'm like yeah kind of for for someone as masterful as dave Chappelle, they were low-hanging fruits and but he knew was, it he knew it he that's why he called it out when he did when he yeah. made those jokes yeah. he knew that they were low-hanging garbage jokes because he said though the genitalia was like beyond you know like <laughs> all low-hanging fruit is easy stuff he he know he knew exactly what he was yeah. doing he we got to the real meat and potatoes of what it was that he was trying to say to when he was speaking about exactly to what ends so when he was yeah, speaking yeah. about his transgender friend. Yeah, yeah. Now, with that being said, mm -hmm. this is where I understand where the LGBTQ, more specifically the transgender community, mm -hmm. are coming from. He was speaking about his one transgender friend. Mm -hmm. That. The way that they look at it, because he's not a part of the community, mm -hmm. it is just as akin to a white person who was yeah. making a bunch of jokes at the expense of black people, saying, but I have a black friend, though. Yeah. Dave Chappelle is, an, is not a member of the LGBTQ community. He's not a member of the transgender community. He's speaking on the situation without having enough information and knowledge about the the matter at hand. And he's directly correlating the black experience to the transgender experience. Mm -hmm. Albeit he makes a bunch of fine points mm -hmm. in the, 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 the special that says that, Hey, there are injustices that need to be dealt with across the board. Yeah. And he's also, Look, he also has a personal angle because he lost a friend. Yeah. Because of blowback uh, um, that had to do with him. Because a friend stuck up for him. There is a sense of confusion that I see is across the board in the conversation, and that's because of the lack of context. There's a lack of context by Dave Chappelle on some of the issues that he brings up. With the transgender community, where he makes a bunch of references, and we'll go through those, where he he misses why certain things are offensive to the transgender community, and the community blowback against Dave Chappelle is missing the con two different two ver two 
parts of context what I believe. Mm -hmm. I believe the context of this is a comedy special, number one. And number two, the context of within the comedy, within his special, he says specifically, oh, 16 years ago, yeah, spoiler alert, we're spoiling this. If you haven't watched it by now, (laughs) it is what it is. If, If, yeah, whatever. Grow up, you know, though. Well, so he says inside of the special that 16 years ago, he was giving a, he was doing a, um, a routine, stand-up routine, and he was using all kinds of offensive words and stuff like that and was called, uh, um, was called out from the crowd mm-hmm. about it. And then the very next day, he, his name made headlines in the, in um, LGBTQ um, blogs or newspaper outlets, what whatever. He he's he acknowledges. He says, "Yeah, my pronoun game was not as good as it is now." <laughs> so, what does that tell you? There is a progression. Yeah, of course. In his career, in his understanding, he even he even made a friend in the transgender community. Yeah, of which throughout the. Um, special, he refers to her as her. Mm-hmm. She. Mm-hmm. He he properly identifies her by the pronouns that she wanted to be identified as. Mm-hmm. That's progress. From, from 16 years ago saying things that he would not repeat. There's a context yeah. of this man has, ha, he has grown over the course of time. He may not be all the way where you want him to be, yeah. but he has progressed. Nonetheless, he went, I believe he went to the stage without, he had a routine in place and things that he wanted to talk about without necessarily doing the research that was necessary to, to make sure that if he's going to make those jokes, yeah, that he can lower the cost of those jokes and he can increase the benefit of those jokes. He can, he can more surgically mm-hmm. uh, um, address what he's trying to address. You know, so I have a couple of responses. I am starting to, um, I, I, you know, I look around the internet, and one thing I'm going to start to make sure not to ever do anymore, even though it's the way I think, I think in, like, context and analogies, is saying, oh, but black people this, LGBT this, you can't really compare the two apples to oranges yeah it it is very apples to oranges now i'm just gonna be honest if you ask me well who do you think has it worse i'll give you my answer and says uh, historically i think black people have had it worse the numbers the numbers show that yeah but i'm obviously i'm biased but um but i from now, because one, that whole argument of, and I do like how Dave Chappelle did that. I thought it was interesting. But I think when you say, oh, well, how come it's okay for this group to do this and this group to do this? And how come this guy got fired from this company, but this, this? It makes it very hard to just get an objective view of the situation. It's sort of like changing the goalpost. When you said context, is very important. Um, one thing I do want to, I hope all that, like that made sense, the rant. And so from now on, if you ever catch me saying like 
that little trick that we do all the time or like I'm trying I'm trying to like s- avoid doing that. Um with that being said, you obviously heard that Netflix decided not to cancel this special. Right. You were like they were like nah, we're going to recoup and get this money back that we gave him. Uh, aside from the financial perspective aspect of not canceling the show, what do you think was Netflix's reason not to can like play devil's advocate? Do you think this special should have been canceled? Yes and no. Answer both sides. Uh, I can't play devil's advocate for this. Okay. Um, reason being is because I know it's just for the money. Netflix yeah. make your money. Yeah, obviously. I don't. You, you gonna make your money? You, O- over twenty recoup. over twenty million dollars went toward the special. Yeah, they're gonna recoup. They want to recoup that, and not only that, them having a good relationship with Dave Chappelle is yeah. lucrative for both sides. Absolutely. So it 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 makes sense now. I don't believe that the documentary, uh, not documentary, <laughs> my, the special should be taken down, mm-hmm. but I do believe that there should be an addendum. To this special. Interesting. I believe because mm. of the lack of context that Dave Chappelle had for when he went and did those jokes and things like that, that he sits down with someone like a um, Jesse Gender on YouTube oh, okay. who, who does a fantastic breakdown. Yeah. That I believe is in good faith. Be very good faith. On, on examining the situation. I will tell you right now, the perspective that I had from the end of me watching the Dave Chappelle special to me um, watching the um, breakdown from Jesse Gender, mm-hmm. it has helped me grow Okay, and learn some things that I wasn't aware of in terms okay. of issues that the transgender community specifically deals with. Okay. And, ha- and it has helped make me more empathetic and more understanding of what's going on. And I believe, just like Dave was referring to within his special, that he learned more over time and, yeah. and as a result has gotten to the place that he is now. I believe that if he sits down with someone like a Jesse Gender and, and has those con- has that conversation, I think that that would do so much more for the different sides that are are battling back and forth in this culture war in in the con- in the context of a culture war that would help us as individuals not not look at a look at this situation as a community versus community situation but more so we look at it as an opportunity to get to gain more understanding there were things that Jesse Gender points out in her video, mm-hmm. and the link will be provided in the show notes. She brings up that hey, I'm just a person just trying, uh, which is something that 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 Dave Chappelle says in in the 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 special. Yep. We're ju- we're all just people trying. We're all trying to figure out this this thing that we call life. You know, we may not agree with the way that each other tries to figure this 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 thing called life out but we we can at least understand that hey they're just trying to figure it out you know and i think with with dave he can sit down with someone like that in an addendum to the to the special 
and talk about some of the things that he's learned since the blowback or to get some some questions answered or to address certain things that he brought up in the show. You know, uh, um, because that is what I think this special really does. It opens up the mind of members of the LGBTQ community, the transgender community about issues that overlap with with black people, black transgender um, um, people, uh, black uh, members of the LGBTQ community at, at large. But also with um, people, them understanding that, hey, we also have to be more cognizant of how it is that we try to align our, our different movements. Because Dave Chappelle brings up, hey, they have a, their movement has been going a lot better than the black movement has. And a lot of times it's been attached. One of the things that, that stood out to me with last year's, um, they call it the racial reckoning or whatever, the, the, all the, um, the protests and oh, marches okay. and stuff like that, was there was a lot of pride flags. Yeah. That was brought up so much. So in some cases, people were calling out on social media that it looks like they would that that BLM marches were more <laughs> LGBTQ plus marches, more pride marches. You know, I could see that. Yeah. And and there has to be a, sometimes there. Ha- I believe this is my personal belief mm-hmm. that when we are talking about issues that are going on with with police brutality and things like that. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on that. Mm-hmm. Let's not, let's not move away from the message because once you start moving away from yeah. the message, it gets you, confusing. It gets yeah. confusing. Yeah. It, and it starts dividing people. Yeah. When, when there are, uh, um, uh, uh, situations that are going on with the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. and they want to demonstrate, then let's make sure that we keep the focus on their demonstration mm-hmm. and the goals that they're trying to, uh, um, establish. Mm-hmm. When there are intersectional um, sit, sit scenarios, situations, let's say something that has involved a a, a black uh, um, person in the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. then let's that's where both communities should we come together. But they when they come together, focus on that <laughs> issue. Focus on that issue. We we have to separate the 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 confusion. We understand that. Where there is injustice anywhere, that's an injustice that we need to fight. That's something that Dr. Martin Luther King said. Yeah. But we have to make sure that we are direct and focused on what it is that we are are addressing. And that's the 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 problem when you compare an apples to orange type situation. They yeah. aren't they aren't the same. And yeah, when no. you're trying to make a cross section, it doesn't work out. Yeah, I, um, the video that you had sent me, I watched, I watched about 50 minutes of it. I think it was an hour. I watched like 45 or 50 minutes of it. I thought she was very well spoken. You could tell she knew what she was talking about. She was passionate about LGBT community and all of this. Um, I, I say my only rebuttal on it, like I, I, I was saying a little earlier, um, was, I don't think, I, and I said, I very do, I appreciate the video a lot. Um, it was very eye-opening. Um, I don't think she understands stand-up comedy. Oh, I don't think she understands, um, stand-up comedy. And what I mean by that is pretty much 
there are because she was even when it goes back to uh, her talking about the word like turf or whatever T E R F and all that, and how he misused the word and how he misquoted uh, what J K Rowling was saying and all that. I do appreciate her fact checking him and correcting him and et cetera and all that. I, I really do. But as a fan of stand up comedy. I feel like some of what stand-up comedy is is obviously embellishing. And embellishing is a fancy word for lying and stretching the truth out. Now, the argument that could be made against what I'm saying is that there's certain truths that are dangerous to stretch out and there's certain things that it's dangerous to get inaccurate. Completely understandable. I felt like some of the things she was nitpicking him on weren't those super dangerous things that and and like you said, and I'm agreeing now that you said that a lot of the jokes were low hanging fruit that were pretty funny. It's a cheap laugh. You probably won't be able to watch it over and get the same laugh out of it like certain other stand up comedy specials. But it was a good laugh. I was drinking while I was, you know, multitasking, listening to it. I was cracking up. Um, And so. I just think that I wish that I would like to hear an opinion from someone in the LGBT community that's also a stand-up comedian. I think they would be able to give you a very interesting perspective on, okay, these are the stand-up comedy boundaries he crossed, and these are the LGBT boundaries he crossed. Because it seems like from that video, she was just focused solely on the LGBT boundaries as a person that's not part of the community i don't know if it was interesting to listen to her but i wish i would have heard both sides you get what i'm saying yeah that makes sense but excellent she, video excellent right video. And, and and again that comes back to um you know missing that 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 context mm-hmm. now what of course as she is a member of the community i can only imagine that she feels more compelled to Focus on the transgender issue because yeah. it's, a, it's again it cost benefit at what cost are you making that j- making those jokes and at what benefit yeah you know yeah. what are, what are you getting out of it because what she's getting out of it as as someone who could potentially become a fan of his just like his friend was mm-hmm. he missed out on that opportunity because he made a bunch of jokes that it that that lack context it's like us watching someone who's who, someone who doesn't look like us making jokes about our community yeah. without the context being provided yeah it's the same it's the same smoke that we give Ben Shapiro because he doesn't want to <laughs> give us a shot yeah. Give the black community uh, um, any of any of the grace of of yeah. the context of what it means to be black in America exactly. in the in the circumstances that people are raised in. Yeah. So it's the same. We have to provide that same grace on both sides. Yeah. Dave Chappelle and other comedians should be willing to provide grace to members of of, of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And vice versa. Mm. That grace wasn't given. Um, wasn't given to Dave Chappelle. No one wanted to give him credit for the fact that he's grown yeah, over the past 16 years. And he's tried. And he made multiple statements saying, look, I don't have a problem with, <laughs> with, with that community. Yeah, He said it multiple times. Yeah. He, he gave that story and he did it with such beautiful detail mm-hmm. because he wanted to show the passion that he has for a person that was in, in, in that community. But then some people will look at that and say, well, if you felt that way, then why didn't you to do, do the respect, give the respect due to your friend and do the research on these things before saying something like, I mean, I'm team turf. <laughs> for those who 
don't know what that means, it means trans exclusionary radical feminist. feminist. Okay, yeah, trans exclusionary radical feminist. So he 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 simplified what the argument is, saying that that women like that look at um, the transgender community as imitators, as um, similar to the way that black people look at blackface as a mockery imitation of yeah. of of black people. When for a lot of these uh, um, members of the transgender community, that's not the case. Yeah. They truly believe that they are women. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's how that's how they feel. They go and do all these surgeries. They yeah. go they go through all these hormone replacement therapies and all that other stuff because they truly feel that way. Yeah, I they, definitely it, don't think any of them are doing it for clout. If that's an argument, some people think that it's done for clout or something like that. Exactly. Bro, yeah, no. I know <laughs> no guy who is willing to part ways with his member for the sake of clout. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, and yeah. and with 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 that being the case cuz blackface can get wiped off with a with a rag. Yeah. You know, there are people who actually have changed their lives mm-hmm. drastically. Yeah. Including isolated themselves from their family for the sake of. Because that's what they truly believe. It's not as it's not as simple as them trying to imitate anybody. They yeah. they truly believe that's who they are. So again, it's an apple to orange situation. So but here's the thing. Because Dave Chappelle has the platform that he has, because he is known to be a more higher thinker yeah. in society, he has that respect that has been given to him by the masses. The expectation from the members of the transgender community, yeah. as brought up by Jesse Gender in her video, was that, all right, the standard is now higher for Dave Chappelle. That makes sense. It makes sense. We talked about it at the beginning of the segment. It, it, it makes sense now that you put it like that. I mean, I can see both sides. I'm not going to completely throw out my heart. It's like, you know, after a long, hard, stressful day at work, you turn on a comedy special from Dave Chappelle, someone you grew up on, blah, blah, blah. And it does the job. It gets a low-hanging fruit laugh out of you. It it makes you happy for an hour and a half. But I definitely see the other side absolutely 100%. Everything that we just talked about, I definitely see the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And now, to be fair. Because I know it's, it may seem as if I'm defending, um, you know, the the blowback. No, I'm just saying that Dave could have did more due diligence. But yeah. now that this now that he's had this blowback, I think he should come back out and 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 have that conversation publicly so that people can 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 learn from it. Just yeah. like he is learning from it. Just like he yeah. has been learning from it. Because it. Again, I felt a different way after watching the Jesse Gender video yeah. than I did right after watching the special itself. Yeah. Yeah. The reason being is because I learned a lot from the Jesse Gender video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing that that Dave Chappelle was saying was teaching me anything. He was he <laughs> at, come on, I was watching it like his brother is preaching. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because oh. there was certain information that I didn't have. There yeah. was a perspective that I didn't have. Yeah. So operating from one context, it changes over the course of time. So I've, I I look at it as an opportunity for people to grow. Yeah. Let's add that conversation. Let's let's use this as an opportunity to speak about these things so people just like me yeah. can learn a little bit more. And I come from a very religious background. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, so I'm willing to at least... Uh, um give other people the grace for me to at least 
at least address them by the pronouns that that they want to be addressed by. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all human beings who are just trying. Now, the story that he brought up during his special about his uh, transgender friend committing suicide as a result of the pressure that would, uh, of the, Sad. that is something that I hope that the, for those of the transgender community, LGBT community who actually went to watch the entire thing, I hope they took away from it some of the toxic thing that he, things that he brought up about the way that um, the LGBTQ community operates at times. In my opinion, they have very bad PR. Just like in the black community, we have very bad PR. Interesting. Because the loudest voices are the <laughs> ones who are shaping the narratives. Yeah. There are plenty of people within the LGBTQ community who are minding their own businesses. Yeah. Who are just minding their own their own business, living their own lives, not trying to intrude on other people's lives, but they're always the ones who take it overboard, who now bring the spotlight, bring a negative spotlight to the community. Yep. Because don't forget, that community, they make up a small percentage, and the transgender community makes up an even, even smaller, smaller percent, percentage yeah. of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And they deal with discrimination even within their own community. Yeah. I mean, that's every culture and community. That's what blacks, whites, everything. And, you know, like we were talking about this uh, the other day um, on the phone when I gave you a quick call. It, bullying exists in this community and that's exactly what happened to the lady she mm -hmm. she got bullied and it, it's really sad to the point it, of taking her own life to the point of taking her own life when she was someone who could have who could have helped expand you were speaking about how come we haven't heard any prominent voice any like uh transgender um comedian mm -hmm. we lost one yeah that's true. And now I must call myself out. I did not do research into transgender comedians to to hear their perspective. So that is something that we do have to look into. Yeah, I've I only know of I've only know of gay comedians. I, I could probably find a lesbian comedian, but trans comedians, I don't know. I don't know we'll of them that might be hard. We'll tackle it. Leave it in the comments if y'all know. <laughs> hey, in the LGBTQ community, they have they they. I, I just said they don't have they don't have the best PR, but they have a really good marketing machine. We should know of some transgender um, comedians by now. Yeah, because we know of a lot of other uh, um, transgender um, act actresses. Yeah, actors. Yeah, personalities. Transgender Olympians. <laughs> right, but we don't know about the comedians. Come on, let <laughs> you so. so I I need to see the marketing machine get behind 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 uh, um LGBT uh, uh comedians as well. Yeah. Just just for the sake of us being able to learn. Yeah, you know, I I I think that is that is the thing that is being missed is that people aren't looking at these situations as opportunities to learn. And we have too many adults who are making a bunch of childish comments about these things instead of looking at it from the the, the perspective of, of of adults. The the bullying of uh, Chappelle's friend mm -hmm. that led 
her to commit suicide. Speaking of being childish. This is the common way this whole tribalism works nowadays on social media and everything is that as long as you share our values and ideas and you support the people we support and the ideas we support, you're with us. But the second you don't represent what we represent, we will turn on you. And we were having a conversation about, like, soon as Lizzo started trying to lose weight, not even, she didn't even lose any weight yet, but the second she announced that she was going to go on, like, a cleanse we don't know and that. clean her system, she, people started turning on her, you know, and being like, oh, so you don't uh, accept all bodies or, oh, you don't think you you look beautiful enough and all this good stuff. And I think this is, a, like, this is an important topic, too, even though we're about to close out this segment. It's like, yes, we're over here talking about culture and, you know, identities and one culture versus another culture, but it's okay if your entire culture is sent a uh, homogeneous. Like, you're allowed to have you know, a representative of the trans community that loves Dave Chappelle. And you guys mm-hmm. don't need to bully that person. You're allowed to have a, 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 a woman who supports big women that isn't a big woman. Like, it doesn't Absolutely. have to be this type of tribalism. We're trying to, it's called the grown table. We need to sort of get out of this mentality. You get what I'm the saying? The childish mentality. Yes. Right. We need, we need, we need to be a, adults about this. And, and that's the the thing It's it's been so everything has been caught up in this, tr- this culture war, this tribalism. And a big part of it is I believe is because like we were saying earlier, we are trying to throw a blanket over everything. Yeah. We're trying to merge all these things. We're trying to we don't we don't we don't focus and separate things as as we should. We look at everything as monolithic. Mm-hmm. Black people aren't monoliths. Hispanic, yeah. Latinx, very different. They aren't monolithic. The LGBTQ community is not monolithic. The white community is not monolithic. There are different forms of people. Different people who have had different lives, who come from different places. Yep. We are spending too much time addressing issues that require nuance because we are generalizing too many things. Yep, identity politics. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. That's the danger of identity politics is that it simplifies things to blanket statements. It simplifies things to... to generalizations when things should be looked at with more specific context cough cough ben shapiro not being able (laughs) once again not being able to to separate yeah you know different contexts and and taking into context you you know where a situation may be as a result of history and time and until we are willing to have that um to to take those things into account until we are willing to take these things into account, I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Until there is a more concerted effort mm-hmm. to take nuance into account, we're going to continue to see 
this embroiling of culture war by the media. And it's unfortunate because people aren't taking the time to do their research. People aren't taking the time to think. Instead, <laughs> they, they respond. Yeah. Again, we've been able to take our time to develop our thoughts and understanding of the situation because we had time. We gave ourselves time to think and talk instead of trying to come up with some hot takes and run <laughs> into the microphone. That's childish. We've had enough of that. If in 2021 you haven't figured out that, hey, your, mind, your, your mindset can't be all just black and white, and we have to start looking at the gray and things, then you're still asleep. Hindsight isn't apparently 2020. 2020 still hasn't opened up your eyes that, hey, we need to start looking at things a little bit more more deeply. You know, and um, once again, I want to make sure that it is said that we have room to grow. Of course. Of course. We as a people have room to grow, and we have to start giving people credit for the amount of growth that they've had. Instead of condemning them because we haven't, because though these people that we've placed on a pedestal haven't gotten to the point where we thought they were supposed to be. Yeah, or where we want them to be. Or where we want them to be. Yeah. Now, there are some things that are just egregious. Like the first two guys we talked about. Like, yeah, like the first two guys we talked about. Hopefully, uh, soon we, we, we really sit down and do a deep dive on the John Gruden situation in the, in the NFL, oh, who boy. just stepped down for a pattern of <laughs> of hate-filled or very conservative-minded lines of thought that he has casually sprinkled throughout um his career in emails. Good job to the Raiders. That was the problem with your team. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I <laughs> we will we will be deep diving on that. That will have its own episode <laughs> for us to to to, to speak about. <laughs> because it deserves that attention. Because if we're seeing we're seeing these things happen at at in in little pockets in the entertainment industry. Oh yeah, we're only talking about the entertainment industry. You understand? Yeah. We've only talked about the entertainment industry. Yep. What about these other industries? Yep. Tech. Yep. The auto industry. Yep. Real estate, finance, healthcare, health, healthcare, <laughs> education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About certain tenured, um, prof- certain professors of color not being able to get to gain tenure because of certain comments that they make, as opposed to to other professors who are able to gain um, tenure despite their comments that they make, their opinions that they share, some of the research that they've conducted. Yep. Why is that? Oh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> in 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 due time. All in due time. All in due time. Hey there, family. We hope you are enjoying the meal so far and are glad you made it to this point in the episode. Look at you. In all seriousness, this project is just one brick of what we're building here at the Octavian Collective, and we greatly appreciate you being a part of this journey with us. We are envisioning a multimedia partnership that fosters a space for critical, but also creative thinking. We hope that you engage with us and show your support for the different projects we'll be launching over the next couple of months. 
Stay up to date with us through our Instagram page at TLC Social and check out some of our upcoming content and in-house instrumentals on our YouTube channel, The Octavian Collective. Links will be left in the show notes to help you get there. Thank you again for your support and enjoy the rest of the show. So, we were speaking about some things that have been going across the timeline in terms of uh, eh, the, the media overplaying their hand at a couple of things, driving a wedge in between people. And one of the things that you brought up was about this whole Britney Spears situation. So I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, uh, uh, you 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 watched the documentary. I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. So I've spoiler. watched plenty of documentaries. I've been following her life a little bit over the last year. Or so okay, help me out. Help me help me understand what was going on. So right now she's a. I believe she's like thirty eight years old. So she has like a a little over a decade on both of us. Um, but you could probably still remember like the tail end of her career, whatever you want to call it, back the K Fed Kevin Federline stuff. Her shaving her head. That's mm. what my generation. That's what my generation is uh known knows her as. But she became really successful. Um, she was sort of like a prodigy. She started singing and like dancing and doing gymnastics when she was like four years old, apparently. And she's from Louisiana, so a very like southern, um, lady like girl. And she rose to fame and started doing pop when she was like thirteen, fourteen, traveling internationally and all that good stuff. Um, and obviously the big thing that's going around the uh, atmosphere is her conservatorship. And that's actually what I wanted to talk to you about. Not so much the legal aspect of it or any of the details, but uh, the hypocrisy in it. So there's a couple of things. Let me introduce everything and then we'll dive deeper into it. Go ahead. One, um, men versus women. Is there a difference between how we look at the destruction and downfall of women, a.k.a. like a beautiful, pretty, young, white girl, innocent, blah, 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 versus a grown, autonomous man. Um, because it seems like a lot of people feel bad for her, the her downfall. Well, that's that's depends on who you are. But uh, a lot of people uh, want you to feel empathy and sympathy for her but it's like no this is the normal trajectory of actually a lot of like successful people they have very high highs and they have very low lows Mm. and i can't help but to think just because like i said she's an innocent little girl or she was that it's any different two you actually put me on to this when we were having a conversation over the phone you made me look at this in a perspective i've never looked at it before it's sort of hypocritical and the ironic part about the media is the media is what drove her insane you know stalking her breaking into her car trying to get photos of her to sell and make money off of Mm -hmm. um saying she wasn't a good mom following her while she's holding her baby going to a coffee shop they drove her insane And that insanity was directly related to the fact of why her dad was able to get a conservatorship over her. And now the media wants you to feel bad. It's like, you guys did this. And it's weird because it's like, well, 
you guys are getting mad at the dad. I think his name is like Gene Spears. Uh, uh, Jamie. Oh, sorry, Jamie Spears. Jamie Jean is her middle name. It's confusing because her sister's her sister's name is Jamie, Jamie Lynn, Lynn Spears. Yeah. Her mom's name is Lynn. Her, her, her it, it, it's it's really weird, um, bro. That's very southern. Oh, okay. That's uh, very well, southern. I'm not gonna make it <laughs> but but, um, <laughs> but and the last thing I'll say, and I want your opinion, and I'll give my opinion, is how ironic is it that the media is getting angry that her dad, the person that gave birth to her, uh, is her taking mother gave birth to her. Y- y- her yes. father, uh, just say okay. yeah. I w- <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, sorry. Uh, yes. It, her dad, the person that helped give birth to her, <laughs> is taking advantage of her when it's like you guys took advantage of her to get all your careers started. It's like, yes, I understand mm-hmm. this conservatorship. There is manipulation happening. Her dad is overextending his hand and overplaying his hand. But you guys don't think you guys did a little bit of that at the tail start of her career? So I'm sorry to get all emotional and all that, but this is going to be a good conversation, man. So I want your opinion to talk to me. Talk to me. I mean, so you asked a couple of questions about mm-hmm. how do we so you brought up about the You don't even media. have to go. I asked a couple of questions in order, but you don't even have to go in order because I don't know if I remember the order. <laughs> okay. That's 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 fine. So let's let's start with the media. Yeah. That was stirring up additional mess in her life. Yes. And they they chronicled her downfall. They painted <laughs> the the opinion of her that made it a lot easier for a judge to grant a conservatorship. Yeah. Of which was applauded as well. Yeah. In order to help her. Steps were taken in order to help her. Mhm. Revisionist history is a bastard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting how media narratives try to change what the realities of a situation are. Oh, they sure do. In fact, they try to manipulate the I guess the word of the day, context. Yeah. Of yep. the of of her of her conservatorship. Mhm. See the context, not the content, mm-hmm. which is all the mess that they've put into the um <laughs> Into the tabloids, the mess that they've put into the the, the news cycles and everything about her situation. Mm-hmm. See, they created content, mm-hmm. but not with, with without really addressing the context. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that I thought of is that the father has been viewed as a villain, which he probably is a piece of trash. He could, not, yes, yes, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not, not denying, denying that. that. We're not denying that. We're not denying that. I mean, he's a raging alcoholic. There ain't too many nice raging alcoholics out there. We're not denying that right. he's, he's a There are a lot of, of fun alcoholics. <laughs> we're just, uh, you, you know, we're, there's, two sides to every, we're, there's two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what we're getting now in the media with conservatorship and her Instagram fall and all that is it's not showing the other side of the story. But but continue. Right. It, it's it's only a part of, of the media Number one, trying to make sure that people forget that they played a major role in this. Yes. Yes. But also to f- for them to find something else that makes money, which, ask again, where is the heart in this in this situation? Where is the heart? Because 
let's 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 view Jamie Spears and his and his whole situation. Where's the heart in some of the some of the stipulations that he placed her under? Some people, cause that's where the that's where a debate can be held. Is where where was his heart? Was it in the money, or is it was it for taking care of his daughter? Did that change over time? What changed over time? You know, these things should be coming into play because I hope that when when things start to if things were to spiral for my own kids, yeah, that they could trust me, that I could be someone that's trustworthy to make sure that they are taken care of. You know, especially when they're dealing with mental health issues. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, you know, when I first started following these stories and these documentaries, I very much thought that it was primarily for the money that the dad was doing it for. And look, and I'm not a Britney Spears stan, so I could be wrong, and hopefully I do get corrected if I'm wrong. After looking at the numbers at the end of the uh, Hulu or Netflix documentary, I forgot which one I was watching, it showed that like over within like one year that she made like 60 something million, he had only made like two million off of that. And I was like, okay, that's very interesting. That's lower than Mm. I thought he would have made. That's still a ton of money. Let me get that clear for doing nothing. Right. And um, the books could be cooked. Yeah. So let's <laughs> yeah, yeah. take that with a grain of salt. That's true. Now, to be fair, the books can be opened. Now, now that that she's been quote unquote yes, freed, yes, yes. Uh, yes, the books can be opened. I uh, here is the well, they should be able to be opened. Here is the clearest way I can explain what the conservatorship was. And let me be clear. She was absolutely abused during this conservatorship. She was on, like, super mega Adderall, performing, like, concerts back to back to back. There was very messed up contracts saying, like, oh, if she didn't do this show, then um, she wouldn't be able to see her kids and all that. She was had to be told. And she's a grown-ass woman. She's sorry for, for the language. And she had to be told who she can and cannot hang out with. And then her dad apparently tried to put her on, like, lithium, which is, like, antipsychotic medications, even though she was already on her super stimulant Adderall stuff. So she was just overworked. Like, she was worked yeah. like a horse. My thing that I don't understand, again, and I'm sorry to keep bringing back to this point, is all her family and all, and her dad her dad had she wasn't the only one on this he had all of his old rich white friends in on all of this oh you can make money off of Britney like this like that like this like that all them all them old white men making money off of that little girl i feel so bad for her. that is essentially just what the media did <laughs> right so right so exactly i feel so bad so for many this hands girl. were in this pot and that's yes. that's my big that's the big issue that i have with all of this yeah. Is that this? But this is entertain. This is a- athletes. The, the thing about this is this situation is really when you look at it, no different than the NFL. Mm-hmm. But it, this is the industry, and it's sad. And I, that's the the reason why I actually wanted to bring this topic up is to show everyone when you break it down, this situation is very sad and disgusting. But it is no more sad and disgusting than it is at the top of all of these where you have one talented person and everyone is reaching in in their pockets from different ways 
to try and get as much money as possible. And regardless the end, of the controversy. Regardless of the controversy. And at the end, this person is bled dry. The only difference is we saw a cute little innocent white girl from South Southern Louisiana have this happen to her, shaved her head, crying. We saw this happen to an innocent little white girl as opposed to a big, muscular black guy named Mike Tyson. <laughs> well, there's that, but also we also, she didn't kill herself. She didn't die. Uh, interesting. What do you mean by that? Well, obviously, the fact that you're right. She didn't die. She is alive, but... Imagine what this narrative would have looked like. Oh, yeah. Had she passed away instead of just shaving her head and going into conservatorship. Yeah. Yeah. Or even over the course of the conservatorship, she would have passed away. Yeah. No, that's true. What would the media narrative have been? (laughs) I don't even know. You, yeah, I have no idea. She could have, she could have just passed away, drug overdose, and they and and what would the media have said? It was tragic. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 they would spend a lot of time talking about when it was that she was shaving her hair and 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 oh, we saw the signs with her mental health and all that other stuff. That's this this is me speculating. Yeah, but it's because we've seen this hot play out how many yeah. times with the media. Yeah. And How many celebrities have th- has the media driven crazy zero and then turn around and kill them a second time <laughs> over the next couple of weeks until they're buried? Yeah. And it's zero. we watched how a cop killed George Floyd, but the media killed George Floyd's character for the next two, three months. Yeah. And, and it's sad because one thing you never hear is, sorry, guys, we made a mistake. We'll go fix it. Like the media and zero accountability. The media is always right somehow. The media and we give them our attention. <laughs> we give them our attention. We give them our ears and our eyeballs. Why do we support this crap? Yeah. It's it's so disgusting. It's so disgusting. So that, that that's a, l- a little fun. I'm glad, hopefully, I brought to light how this situation is not, you know, unique or individual or this isn't like a mutually exclusive from everything else that happens in Hollywood and all that. This is more or less the, the same stuff repeated over again. But the, um, the last thing is, so here's what I'm having difficulty understanding. Um, the last thing is... So you didn't watch the documentaries, but one thing that we know about her is she was very, um, how, how do I say this? Like, she was like a very relationship-heavy girl. She would recycle, and it seemed like she wasn't good at picking guys, and the guys that she did pick would sort of take advantage of her. Um, is Was that one reason the conservatorship was a thing? Because couldn't you just argue, oh, well, why didn't she just get married and her estate would, 50% of her estate or whatever, would be in someone's hands that's psychologically stable, if that makes sense. Okay. It, it's just a little confusing when, why the dad was the one to get the conservatorship. Because of all people, who would you rather trust to be in control of stuff like that? When she is considered not to be mentally stable yeah. and able to carry her own career, if there's anybody who... She has like, a mom. She has a mom, mm. but who who who's the head of the household? Yeah, I guess. I'm not saying that that should be the case, but more than likely that was the case. Okay. And don't forget, he was so involved in help managing her career, right? I'm not sure, to be honest. That's interesting. There's going to be a Britney Spears stan 
that l- listens to this, and she will know the or uh, let me be really clear. He or they. she, yeah, they um will know the answer to that. I'm actually leaning towards no. I believe her and her dad didn't have a good relationship, and that's why the conservatorship is so confusing. But okay. I could be wrong. I have to do research on that because now I want to know the details yeah. of how did they come to where the father was the con- the, the conservator. Yeah. You know. Because it is weird, though. I know by law, and I can only speak in the health field, by law, your parents don't supersede your significant other at all. Like, I don't think there's a, uh, when you're a grown-up, your significant other slash, uh, well, if you're legally married, supersedes everything above your parents. So the fact that they would say your dad's a conservatorship, not like, hey, Brittany, who are you dating? Or are you thinking about getting married soon? Or, or are you in a serious relationship? Okay, this we can set this up to where this is your conservator. It just seems very manipulative and calculated. But again, like I said, I would not be surprised if this was manipulated and calculated. I would not at all. So. Right, and, and that should be the concern that I believe everyone should have. This conservatorship has come into question because she's getting married. Correct? Yeah, I believe so. Now she is soon to get married, I believe. I believe. So with that being the case, she wanted to get married. There's an invitation of a yet again another man who may have some type of say over her. Yeah. Who not necessarily and not saying that he there's a legal say or anything like that, of course, but of course, I would of course. I would caution for people to pay more, pay 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 just as close attention mm-hmm. to this new guy <laughs> as you were paying attention to Jamie Spears. Okay, because there is room. There's a there's potential that he could be manipulating her as well. Damn, that's dark. <laughs> it's it's dark, but she. From what we understand, yeah. there is a track record yeah, and, and absolutely. Be, before the conservatorship. Yeah, oh, absolutely. K-Fed. Of, manip- of, of manipulation. She married, she married K-Fed like three months after meeting him. I'm not even lying. I mean, someone is going to fact check that, but it's true. And I believe K-Fed was like a backup dancer. I don't know how. I guess I'm like the rain man of like Britney Spears because I've like I don't know how I'm remembering all this from the documentaries I've watched. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he was like a backup dancer for her, and like they married after three months, so she has a track record of being easily manipulated by men. Which is I'm not saying the conservatorship is correct. I think the conservatorship was disgusting, but I just don't. I you people tend to only look at the negatives of something, and I'm almost positive if the conservatorship never existed. Britney Spears would have been ran to the ground even more in a way that she didn't want to. And so, yeah, because apparently I guess she's bad at picking men. But take-home points, why this matters, adult conversation to me. One is that things that seemingly are looked at as unique and out of this world once you really sit down and take a second to dissect them and look at it objectively and take emotions out of it, even though I've been a little emotional, you look at this objectively and you say, what if you, if you describe this whole situation, what is this in two sentences? Oh, people around her got greedy and wanted to use her until she was nothing. 
And that really gives you an idea of, oh, this is just this industry. So I would say why this matters is, it, you know, it's twofold. You one, see how the media is a very unforgiving and relentless uh, industry. It does not care about you. It will build you up just so it can destroy, tear you down and destroy you. All along that same process, gaining clicks, likes, and views. This, you know, I, I usually bring race into us and I say, look how the media does young black males, Deshaun Watson, this, Mike Tyson, this. It's like, no, 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 no. Listen, baby girl. This was a beautiful little white girl from Louisiana. They destroyed her. And now mm -hmm. that they feel some ounce of guilt, not now even. They feel so nope. No, I, I not even they, guilt. Now it's click. Some ounce of guilt, they'll try and respin the story and say, "Oh, let's feel sorry for Britney Spears. This is bad." But they, you know, you don't really feel guilt because there's no apology there. It's just reframing the story that y'all created. So I would say that's why I actually really wanted to talk about this. It, it's it's very very interesting mm -hmm. um narrative nowadays controls everything in a world where we don't have enough time and enough mental capacity to do our own research and all that narratives and we're such storytellers we communicate through stories where you were storytelling creatures narrative controls everything and i wanted this to be an example of how the narrative can do a lot of harm uh, to what's really going on. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that does yeah. make sense. Yeah. yeah. And to add to the narrative, um, just to double back on some information yeah, that yeah. we were questioning earlier. Yeah. So she had multiple managers um, prior to that conservatorship that wasn't her father. So okay. that is very concerning. Yeah, it's weird. Where, where, where all of a sudden her dad became the, um, the conservator. Yeah. And she even um, tried to get different representation back in back in 2008 yeah 2008 2009 when this whole thing was going down and a california court mm -hmm. california is considered to be what more liberal right yeah a california court denied john eardley yeah mm -hmm. these names yeah it's all good yeah um she tried to get him to represent her in in court he got paid off probably I mean, you know, this is may, maybe, but the court, the court denied ev even who the opportunity. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't represent the biggest pop star known to like? Maybe he's up there in the top five with Michael Jackson, like, like in terms of like pop stars. Like, dude, give me a break. Uh, it, he got paid off. He got paid off. I mean, who knows? That's like a lawyer's dream. They're just salivating, waiting for the day that someone. Oh my God, Britney Spears asking to represent her. It's all inside job, but. But yeah, that's why I thought this was important. I, I really am happy we talked about this topic, even though it's kind of a weird topic. But well, now I have a question for you. Do you mm -hmm. kind of see this situation playing out? Um, let's say mm, Kanye West, Ooh. where his mental Ooh. health has been called into question as well, where he's been followed by that. the media, you where know. where a lot of his narratives that have been put out has been done through through the media instead of allowing him to speak for himself. Wow, interesting. Um. I, from a gut reaction, I'll say no. This will never be able to happen to Kanye West. Um, mm. I, again, like I said, narrative controls everything, and context is a lot of 
or, you know, how we think, our thought processes. As long as he keeps making money as is, is and is successful at what he's doing, there you have to question. There comes a certain point where if a person is still making money and is still being successful, you have to question, is it them that's crazy or is it me that's crazy for not, you know what I'm saying? I mean, James, uh, Britney Spears was making money this whole time. Wasn't she? Uh, if she was doing, she was do she, yes, but let me see. She broke the number one cardinal rule of being a woman, I would say, is it became problematic when she, one, shaved her, that's number two, two, shaved her head, because now you're messing with aesthetic beauty, and that's what a lot of people, that's what a lot of young girls, you know, you were a symbol for, and two, motherhood. Um, motherhood being like, okay, like, is she able to take care of these children? So I think there was a more biological, primal instinct for us to be like, what the, oh, sorry, I, I was almost going like, what the F, Brittany? Like, you've really lost it now. Kanye is just doing what some rich black men do. They acting a fool, but he ain't put his hands on no women yet. He ain't had no allegations yet. He just says crazy stuff. So it, it is a little different. It it, it it is a little different. Britney Spears went, I would say. He did break a cardinal rule, though. What, what was that? Remember when he ran on stage? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Tall, skinny, blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah, yeah. That, he, that was, yeah. Not, not to make this a race thing or, in, or, or anything like that, but on, on that front, he, he, he did, yeah. he did slight the, uh, yeah. um, White America. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I can only imagine if I were to go back and and hear some of the opinions that were shared about him. Oh, absolutely. From from that from that community at that time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we'd be really disappointed with how that that side of media covered the situation as well. Now, to be fair, he bounced back with um with um wasn't it Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and then yeah. Jesus? Yeah. Back to back. Like I think Oh, he bounced back. Yeah, he bounced back heavy. He bounced back heavy. But yeah, but he's far away from this. He's far away. And he wasn't a child celebrity either. There's a lot a lot of, I think, the narrative behind Britney Spears and the conservatorship was her mental, her her psyche. And and I understand what you mean. Cause so people aren't bringing that into into question in 2021? Oh, oh, they, they, oh no. They, no, they are. They are. They are. It's even more so a question now in terms of, uh, like, uh, mental health and celebrities. But like I said, I think the circumstance. Now, let me be very clear. If if what happened to Britney back in 2007 or whatever happened in 2021, she would not have gotten a conservatorship. Mm. So let me make that very clear. If that So are you saying context matters? Context does matter. <laughs> context definitely matters. Um yeah, this is definitely something that was of its time. Now that people take mental health and all that a lot more seriously, I also don't think she would have gotten bullied as heavy as she did either, uh, especially seeing what other child celebrities have gone through and all that. But, uh, but yeah, but Kanye, I don't, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll ever see another conservatorship like this in major uh, Hollywood. Uh, I, I actually don't ever, to be honest. But, yep.
of our conversation, we have the Urban Meyer controversy that's been going down. I want your opinions on it. All right. So for those who don't know who Urban Meyer is, he is one of the highest esteemed head coach in college football. So why does this matter? We are seeing a situation where one of the greatest college coaches, yet again, another example of one of the greatest college coaches um, in the sport, which is the biggest sport in America mm-hmm. that is, that has just received um, a, cha- a, a massive change, a couple of massive changes. Number one with the name image and likeness, uh, uh, decision that was made that will allow student athletes, both male and female, to collect royalties based off of their name, the usage of their name, images, and likeness. Now, why is that important? Because that shakes up the power dynamic that head coaches in different sports at these universities that dangle your scholarship over your head. It changes the power dynamic. So Urban Meyer made the jump to the NFL. He wanted to be seen as one of the big boys, one of the best to coach the game, period. Well, he has run into multiple issues where he is no longer the highest paid person on campus. (laughs) In fact, the players on his team who are, in many cases, a decade or two younger than them, younger than him, and I think three decades. I think he's in his fifties. Damn. Who are three? He has he has um, players that are three decades younger than him, making way more money than him. The power dynamic has now shifted. He now has to respond to a chain of command that he once had complete control over. And any say so why? Because he won a couple of national championships at the collegiate level. <laughs> and so when he's on a university campus, he is god to people. That isn't the case in the NFL, where now m- money is really talking. So, Urban Meyer, this guy who makes this jump to the NFL, who now has to deal with this change in power dynamics than what he was accustomed and successful in. Because it's not just that he was accustomed to it, but he was successful in that model. He made the headlines a week ago. Because he was a coach that was losing. He hadn't won a single game yet. Unfortunately, he, the Jaguars finally won a game against my Miami Dolphins. Tonight, right? This morning, yep. Yeah, yeah, today. Yeah. And a London game. <laughs> Embarrassing. It's just tragic. Both teams only have one win yep, to, to their names as of today. And, of course, it would be my team that's on the receiving end of that. <laughs> anyway... Urban Meyer gets hired to the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars Jaguars Jaguars. I should know how to say this. My dad is a Jags fan. Jags, just say but that's what Jag- I call them. Just a Jags. <laughs> I don't say Jaguars. <laughs> Sounds weird. Anyway, Jags. so he signs Tim Tebow to a one-year nine hundred and twenty thousand dollar contract. This is according to SB Nation. Link will be provided in the show notes. Tim Tebow was his quarterback at the University of Florida back in the 2000s. Oh, yeah, that's right. Not the 2010s, the 2000s. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He He played quarterback. Mm -hmm. 
Tim Tebow went and played baseball for a couple years. And then he transitioned to tight end. That's what he put Tim Tebow on? Yep. <laughs> One year, $920,000 contract. <laughs> yeah, an opportunity for someone who has been out of the sport, who has never played that position a day in his life, was signed to a one-year $920,000 contract instead of someone who actually worked to to play that position and worked hard on their craft. Hey, it's about who you know, not what you know. Here's the thing. Nepotism doesn't fly in the NFL if you ain't good enough. Yeah. It may do that in, in at the college level where the head coach has all that power. Yeah. But that doesn't fly in the NFL. Yeah. So – we get to the preseason. The regular season doesn't even start. We get to the preseason. Tim Tebow gets out on the field. This $920,000 a year tight end. He's awful. <laughs> he doesn't look like he belongs on the field. Urban Meyer gets a bunch of flack in the media. Tim Tebow gets cut. Yep. Clown show operation. Already, already being shown. This is now, mind you. This is also after he hires um, some uh, strength and conditioning coach, okay. who last year was dismissed, or or he received a bunch of negative headlines from the University of Iowa, which has a a very heralded uh, strength and conditioning program. Yeah, but this guy was known to be. A racist among the players. I'm familiar with what you're talking about. Yeah. But because of the power mm-hmm. that the head coach, Kirk Ferentz, of the University of, of Iowa football team has over the team, mm-hmm. players were afraid to step out and say something about um, that uh, um, strength and conditioning coach. I think his name is Chris Kosh. I could be wrong. Okay. Well... As of last year during the racial reckoning, <laughs> as some people call it, this guy gets called out, loses his accolades. Uh, I think he lost his job and stuff like that. Well, 2021 rolls around. Urban Meyer uh, um, hires this guy to be an assistant strength and conditioning coach and said, oh, well, it's because he's a very, very well-respected guy. He knows he, he I, I enjoy his work and stuff like that. Completely forgetting that, hey, you do know you coach a team that is at least 70% black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not a good look post 2020. Yeah. So that happens. And then again, it's up until last week where he hadn't won a single game. Which has a lot to do with a lot of the controversy. Oh, absolutely. Winning solves a lot of problems, just to be clear. As we spoke about with the John Jones yeah, situation, okay, okay. as just we see with what we talk, talked about with R. Kelly, just to be clear, <laughs> is, it, yeah, he's making people money. Yeah. Wins make money. Yeah, when you stop making money, yeah, you are now disposable. Yeah. So, with that being said, the guy isn't winning. He already has some. He doesn't have the best equity. Mm-hmm. With his players, and this is not without me even talking about uh, um, some of the controversy he had stirred up with um, taking vaccination status into account when it came to making roster decisions. Oh, okay. I'm not even familiar with that. 
Exactly. See, yeah. it, it, it there's so many things that are, that boiled up, and and yeah. it it was so embarrassing because in, when it comes to the NFL, they are very wide open with letting you know that hey, we are in this business to make money. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So when you start talking about vaccinated vaccination status being taken into account, mm-hmm. uh, um, for building out a roster, at at that point, you are really hurting the the pockets of the ownership. Yeah. And hurting the the perspective that that people have on you as a coach because you're not serious at that point. You're yeah. not serious about winning. And here's another thing: he's in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Florida and vaccination status and yeah. the opinions of Duval County. Yeah, the people who are actually willing to go to these football games. Yeah, it's not a good. It's not it's, a good look. Yeah, it's not at all. No matter <laughs> no matter how much certain people will say that you're on the right side of science, yeah. you're on the wrong side of business. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the NFL. They are about the greenbacks, and you're in Florida, where we, where the state of Florida has shown multiple times that we are about the money above anything. I was I was wearing my mask and uh, a, a smoothie shop the other day, and the guy was just like, "Dude, you can take that off." <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, "You guys are terrible. This is Florida." <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord, it's sorry. Ridiculous. Keep going, though. Keep going. <laughs> so <laughs> that happened. Um. So then, they 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 continue to lose. We're 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 well into September, and then October second rolls around. Urban Meyer begins trending on the <laughs> internet after a video emerges of him partying with a young woman in an Ohio bar. So, this is after. Him losing another game where he's uh, um, disappointed and and is is is, is struggling. It is it is, yeah. it is very apparent that he's that he's struggling. Well, it was a game that was being played in in Cincinnati against the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars lose to the Cincinnati Bengals instead of catching the team plane. Back to Jacksonville, mm-hmm. he stays in Ohio and bounces over uh, and takes that little skip and a hop travel over to Columbus, Ohio, where he was head coach last at the Ohio State University. The Ohio the State, Ohio State <laughs> University. <laughs> so he goes over to that bar where comes to happen that he owns the bar, re- restaurant bar type situation. And he's getting a little handsy with a uh, 24-year-old. Is that actually her age? That was her age? That's what I read. I mean, she looks like she's like 21 or 22, so yeah. How she looks, <laughs> I always look at that's who, that's, that's who. That's who he was, he, was, he was messing with. And now because he's <laughs> Urban Meyer, he's a big celebrity, not yeah. only a big celebrity, he's a big celebrity in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Of all places, of course, phone and people are at your restaurant. Yeah. So, of course, phones are going to be out. And he's had a, a couple of cocktails, I guess, and yeah. uh, gets real handsy oh, with Oh, he it. had a couple of cocktails. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, he gets caught with that. And... It go it it of course that goes viral and people are talking about his wife and all that other stuff because yeah. obviously the twenty four year old is not Mrs. Meyer. Yeah. 
So that goes viral. He issues a public apology about becoming a distraction, showing bad judgment. Um, and it's, and it's, and was saying that he left dinner with his grandchildren to go to the bar. Oof. That's even worse. What is even he worse. Yeah, what is he thinking? Even worse. And oh yeah, guess who was at home with the grandchildren for dinner? Mrs. Meyer. Oh yeah, wow. Shot in the face, right? Yep. So he has more leaks coming out. There players are talking to to the media. People within the organization are starting to talk to the media. And there's questions about the locker room. The, the, the uh, players losing respect for him. It's the worst. After all of these bad decisions he's already made along the way so far, the equity with his team was already being lost. And, oh, yeah, they're losing. Yeah. They are a losing team. And, and they are losing in embarrassing fashion. And then to turn around and have it where your head coach. Yeah. Your head coach of your professional football team makes it takes a personal stop out instead of uh, um doing the professional thing and being on on the flight back of which many coaches have come out and said they have never heard or seen that in decades. Wow, really? That is not a common occurrence in yeah, the NFL. It, it, I, yeah, I can imagine it. But that not. is the action of someone who has had con- complete control yeah, at the collegiate level absolutely. where he can do that and no one bats an eye. Yeah. Can't do that in the NFL. You have a whole bunch of people to answer to, including yeah. the players who make more than you. Yeah. Who will be on the team um, even after you're gone. Why? Because they're considered more valuable. That's true. For team success than you are as a head coach. So, with that being the case, he reports were coming out that he was getting laughed at. After should. leaving meeting rooms, individually apologizing to different um, groups within the within the team, the whole the whole thing is a is a joke with this guy. And 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 I, and I know for, for those who have suffered through that entire explanation, why should we? No, thank you. I, I liked it. I liked it. You taught me some stuff that I didn't know. You definitely did. Right now. Some people will ask the question, well, why should we care? What 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 does this have to do with, with society? Why is this something about an adult conversation? Mm-hmm. So I think there are a couple of talk uh, a couple of points that have come up throughout this thing that I think has gotten overlooked. Mm-hmm. So there has been a discussion about professionalism versus um his marital vows and stuff like that, because we understand that in the entertainment industry and sports is a part of the entertainment. If that wasn't the case, why would there be so much money attached to it? Yeah, of course. The entertainment industry to be promiscuous or to not be too tightly bound to your marital vows is is very common. Yeah. In the NFL, there's a lot of talk about images. Yes. Every NFL head coach comes in there talking about values and team values, family values, and that's even more apparent at the collegiate level where you have to throw in, we're here to develop young men, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? At the end of the day, developing young men at um, 
and, and, and upholding all these social values doesn't mean anything. You and I have spoken multiple times about how organizations are interested in wins and losses. Yeah. They aren't really interested in any of your personal life as long as you're not laying hands on women yeah. or, or, or sexual crimes, et cetera, et cetera. But we're also looking at a situation where there are power dynamics being taken into play. Yeah. Where there are decisions being made on people's lives, on that team, surrounding that team, that are being disrupted by because of his actions. Because of his actions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how many people are in positions of power, whether or not it's on sports, whether or not it's in business, where the filth of their personal life makes it into their professional life and it and it hinders their decision making. And a lot of times it comes at the expense of people at the lower rung of the of the ladder. Agreed. Where nepotism wins out, where Tim Tebow gets a, a $920,000 job that he had no experience in. Yeah. As opposed to a lot of young men who have time. worked. Exactly. <laughs> who have worked for years, who've been playing this position for a decade now, who wanted that shot. Yeah. Who didn't get that shot. Absolutely. You know, the embarrassment that his that he's putting his family through, that he's putting an entire organization to. Think about if you're on a you're a player on that team and you have to answer for something that your coach did because he don't know how to he didn't know how to do the professional thing and and and, and fly home to 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 Jacksonville and and carry out that type of behavior in the privacy of some VIP room or whatever the hell. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, when we first talked about this topic i really didn't take it too serious i thought it was more of like and that's my personality i'm a jokester but you know one thing i like about this podcast is we specifically you as of right now are doing a really good job and putting in perspective and saying oh no like it's okay to joke about this like this is kind of funny but this is also like serious too like you have a whole team of 50 jags that are being negatively affected by this this guy who's a new hire, he should have this all together after coaching college for 20-plus years. So, yeah, no, I, I'm absolutely um, agreeing with you. And uh, I, I do think this is actually very sad now that I think about it. And um, the last thing I'll say, and I'll let you keep talking, is as of right now in this part of the story, the way I feel is that, you know, I understand Urban Meyer is just human. Um, I have a lot of empathy for him, but at the end of the day, the sport is very unforgiving, and I think he just needs to lose his job, and they need to hire someone else. <laughs> for the sake of everybody's mental health. Yeah. I mean, it, he wasn't profitable mm-hmm. for the for the team, and, and some can even argue even after getting his first win today that he still isn't that beneficial to the team and their success. Yeah. So even on that front, mm-hmm. he's he cut off the arm to save the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. And in his case, it's not even the arm, it's the pinky. Yeah. You know, now, when it comes to this type of figure, because th- those figures exist throughout college football and exist throughout collegiate sports in general. There are some coaches, because, they, because of their um, resumes, have a certain level of control over their programs 
that box out the control that that the individual players should be having, especially when they start seeing things that are um, that are concerning, like we saw, like I just explained with the University of Iowa football team, where they had a person that is deemed racist mm-hmm. in charge of their strength and conditioning program, which for most people who don't know, in collegiate sports, college football more specifically, the strength and conditioning coach sets the tone and culture for the rest of your football team. They spend most of the year with your with uh, uh, the football players. Yeah. Getting them ready for when the coaches come in and take over and, and, and start preparing them specifically for the season itself. Yeah. So imagine what these kids, these football players were subjected to for years yeah. under him being the strength and conditioning coach. And again, because of the reputation that the University of Iowa has, they were just number two in the country until getting wiped off the fa- uh, off the field by by Purdue y- yesterday. Oh, okay. But they were number 2 in the country. Okay. So they were looking good. Right. So the intimidation that they had that they were dealing with going through that because of the power that the head coach of the football team Kirk Ferentz has and his reliant his reliance on the strength and conditioning coach because that's the person who sets the culture. Mm-hmm. You you're in a losing battle. Yeah. How many of those coaches exist throughout collegiate sports? Yeah. That they have this amount of control where a lot of where 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 kids are fearful for losing their scholarships, and I don't know how many people know this, but many kids come from not so privileged backgrounds, and they have to rely heavily on the financial assistance yeah. that they are getting on these football scholarships. There are people who get who get their net checks back. I don't know what they call them at other universities. At our alma mater, we call them net checks. Yeah, they a lot of football players at our alma mater took their net checks and sent them home. Oh yeah, to help their families. I can imagine. Yeah, I can definitely imagine that. While they were while they were running out in 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 into the field and making the university a bunch of money, not USF, not not (laughs) our alma mater. No, no. The closest thing to that was Quentin Flowers, and he. It, anyway, look, man, we don't even have our own stadium. OK, we got things that can be worked on. Yeah, we have big issues, big, big, big issues. But anyway, that's that's beside the point. USF is in one of those schools where the coach has all that power. <laughs> yeah, oh, not at all. Uh, not at all. But at all. Other, other universities, especially in the Southeastern Conference, SEC, the, the most profitable um, conference um, in co- collegiate sports, they have those. Those demigods. <laughs> In a sense, yeah. uh, um, like um, uh, um, Nick Saban, uh, um, I think maybe Kirby Smart at the University of uh, Georgia, you know, that that are starting to build up these resumes and have that cachet where they are not only the highest public uh, um, education employees in the state, but they're also the most influential in terms of, of, of the decisions that are being made in, ter- in, in, in the university, especially when it comes to athletics. Because let's just call it what it is. They make the money. Yep. These football programs make so much money. And now we're seeing where hopefully some of those power dynamics are being changed with the introduction of players being able to benefit off of their name, image, and likeness. And that's the reason, that's the sweet spot that we wanted to bring that we have these people in positions of power um, where we're seeing that some of this is starting to shake up because – I mean, we haven't even touched on the John Gruden. 
we we've alluded to it, but we haven't touched on the John Gruden situation with the Las Vegas Raiders, and yeah. and and its connection to the Washington football team. <laughs> Uh, um, formerly the Washington the wa- Redskins. Yeah, I, was gonna, I gotta make I was sure that gonna, I put I that out there. You. Like, don't ever say Washington football team. Just call them the Redskins. Now, nah, on this podcast, we will go ahead and do that because we, you know. <laughs> but um, it sounds disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it, it 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 is what it is. That's what the official name of the team is now. We'll yeah. we'll take it and you know we'll be professional. Come on. So you are you, are you saying it's a good thing that Urban Meyer kind of dropped the ball on this one? I actually do kind of like it. I I'm not gonna lie. I hate seeing you know. A man's downfall, but um, props to Urban Meyer. He, you know, was in co- collegiate ball for a while. Tried to move up to the big boys leagues. He's seeing. He's having a lot of, you know, stumbling and falling, like we all do mm-hmm. when we try to move up to bigger and better things. It just so happens, I think, that I like this because his little stumbles are shedding light and elucidating a lot of problems that I feel like will help college athletes and that will make uh some of these organizations better as a whole you know like Mm -hmm. oh who you thought was a god is not the all omnipotent always right competent white man that you know blows the whistle so let's just try and all work together he makes mistakes just like athletes makes mistakes and all that. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of like the situation. I know his wife doesn't. That's kind of a yeah. That's kind of sad. I feel sorry for his family. But, but hey, I mean, to be I, fair, he didn't cheat. I don't know how women define cheating. It, right. It uh, it's up to every different every relationship has a different definition. Cheat. Everybody he everybody was, has a different. He was just a little handsy on that little white girl, but that's not the same thing as cheated. And I'm not saying it's okay though. But that's I would be a dead man if I, if, <laughs> if, I, if something like that would have been caught on camera. But, but <laughs> so got to uh, defend my boy Urban Meyer. But now, when we finally get a chance to sit down and talk about the John Gruden situation, you start seeing where these lines are kind of sort of attached to one another because these are people of influence and power in the sport. They They yeah. help influence decisions that are made. There are people who lose opportunities on jobs be because of the influence of these people, these power brokers. Absolutely, that's what you are as a coach. You are a power broker. That's all. And you and you work w- by winning or losing to gain or lose credibility or influence or power or cachet, I whichever just, word you want to use. I just realized something. Did Urban Meyer coach Trevor Lawrence? Didn't Trevor Lawrence play at Ohio State? No, no, no. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played at. Clemson. Oh, Clemson, Clemson. Yeah, he okay, played okay, at Clemson. Okay, okay, and okay, wrong school. Okay, okay, okay. I was gonna say that's weird. Okay, never mind. So they don't have a relationship or anything like that. Okay. No. Nah. Okay. But there, hey, some scenario, some situations happen like that where, you know. Yo, that meme that said uh, Urban Meyer about to tell his wife this is Trevor Lawrence and it was him near that blonde girl that had me rolling. <laughs> Yo, the internet is unforgiving, man. It's undefeated. Undefeated. <laughs> But yeah, no, I I, I I like the conversation, and you know, we I want to stay up to date with all. You're gonna see a lot of things about the NFL come out. It, it, we knew that. Coronavirus, I hope so. I hope so. We knew this whole coronavirus thing was gonna put a lot of tension on all these high end organizations, and you're starting to see a lot of stuff come out. And I want to make sure to be responsible and stay up to date on it, and always do. I love this segment, and keep doing segments like this. Because when we look back, we're going to have a portfolio 
of and it's going to show us like where these organizations are trending mm -hmm. and it's really going to give us a really good like uh bibliography i should say of what so i really like this i really like this yeah and we have to be we have to be um aware of some of the things that are going on in the nfl because it is the one industry that has a roll call of mil of black millionaires <laughs> that's true it employs the most black millionaires yeah sure period we have to be aware of some of these things that go on in in this arena cuz many 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 of our our sons many of our brothers you know cousins have some some type of place in 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 the sport you know where we have to make sure that proper decisions are being made that people are being called out when they aren't being equitable and fair to people within the sport. People's personal lives are people's personal lives, but it's it's when their when their personal life rolls over rolls over into the professional yeah. life, now we have an issue. Yeah. Especially when you have how many how many people there who will lose their job because of decisions that you make as the coach. Yeah. So just something to keep in mind. We have to we have to pay attention to the sports because there is an influence that it plays on society. Ladies and gentlemen, that was our podcast. I just want to take a moment to thank everyone that took a listen and is currently supporting what we are doing here. It really means the world to us. Once again, you can find us on Instagram at The Grown Table, all lowercase, one word. And also, you can follow us on Twitter at The Grown Table, all lowercase, one word. Godspeed.